Welcome to another edition, a very special edition of the Real World College Life, going to the next level, featuring Ms. Kayla Smith. This episode is brought to you by RMK Productions and the 10 United Podcast Network. Through the power of our stories, our mission is to uplift, inspire voices, share stories and experiences perspectives using the framework of teaching, learning, and modeling. Our purpose is very simple, is hope, helping other people every day. So with the power of our story, we're doing something extremely special. We have handpicked a group of young college students that are either entering college for the first time or returning back to college. But today we're going to the next level. We are featuring a young lady that is an academic scholar that is in her junior year. So this, this fit, feature um, of um, Real College Life, we'll, we'll be talking about the next level. You know, my grandfather used to always tell me, he says, you know, got to go out and get the world ready for you. The world's not quite ready for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I never knew what that uh, was about until um, I heard during the homecoming of this year, um, the president of Central State University speak of this young lady, Kayla uh, Smith talked about an award that we'll talk about that she received that is very rare that um, a recipient of color at a black university has received. We'll talk about that and talk about how she felt about it and what the process uh, was going through there. But I will tell you, um, we got to go out and get the world ready for Kayla Smith because the world is not ready for Miss Kayla Smith. Kayla Smith is a undergraduate senior at Central State University. She is an honor student. She is a founding member of the Philosophy Club, parliamentarian of the National Society of Black Eng Engineers, active and participating in Penn State's Environmental Program. I got to ask what WAVE is, and that's a um, something to do with the College of uh, California and Technology. She'll she'll bring me up to speed on that, but. One of the things that really attracted me to um, Kayla is when I heard that she had won the Barry Goldwater Scholarship. She's the first um, Black woman that I know of that received it at a Black college. She's a junior. She's a 4.0 uh, student. And she will now be one of our featured podcasters of our real world college experience. But we are taking it to the next level because she's in her junior year preparing to step out into the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be chronicling the life of Ms. Kayla Smith from her junior year to her senior year to graduation to see what she does next. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to a special, very special lady, Ms. Kayla Smith, Central State undergrad. And I, too, am an alumni of Central State University. Kayla, yeah. welcome. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, thank you for uh, allowing this privilege. And thank you for being part of um, this new uh, team. I would like to call it an experiment, but I, I will tell you um, the reason why I, I started this, because I know what life was like for me as a uh, freshman. I felt like I was on an island all by myself. Um, I knew I was, a, I was special. I was treated different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I was ignored by the people that looked like me, but... I also know that when I first had my college experience, I was at another college when I was one of eight black students on a campus wow. and I felt like an alien. Mm -hmm. And the fact that 
when I decided to transfer and I was looking for another school, my uncle Bill, William Daniels, brought me to this place called Central State University. At that time, had this little breezeway. And when we pulled into the campus, they had a little circle um, that we had to go around, which is no longer there. And we'll talk about that. I got out because there was a group of people playing the Calypso music in there. And I told my uncle I felt like home. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something special about Central State University. And we'll hear your story. Um, so, Kayla, um, welcome. I'm going to talk as little as possible. And you know I like to talk. Um, <laughs> but we want to know your story. Give us a little background so the people can get the chance to uh, know you. And they're going to know you a little bit more um, throughout the year. But um, tell us where you came from, how you ended up at Central State, and um, and what life is like um, as a junior at Central State preparing for the next level of your life. Right. Well, thank you for having me once again. Thank you for us. I've never been introduced like that before, so thank you. Um, well, I am a native of Cincinnati, Ohio. I grew up in Anderson Township. I don't know if many people know about the east side of Cincinnati. That's where I grew up. I went to Turpin High School. And um, I went to a predominantly white school my entire life. So Forest Hill School District is a predominantly white school district. So I was one of maybe 10 to 15 students in my graduating class that were of African-American descent. And um, that was was just all I knew pretty much. And I told my mom, I was like, I, that really wasn't my speed. Like I, I felt out of place. I, you have to, you have to adapt. I mean, when you grow up in a in a situation like that, I was grateful for the school that I went to. I was grateful for the experiences that I had. I was grateful for the teachers. I was prepared, number one. I was prepared for college. And that's one thing I will say. But socially, I struggled. And going into Central State University was a whole different beast within itself. But I, my mom and my dad live in Cincinnati, Ohio. They grew up in Muskegon, Michigan. And most of my family's in Muskegon, Michigan now. I have three older sisters. I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. Um, I have, wow, I have six nieces and three nephews now. So I, I'm only 21, but I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm 40. Um, and it's just, I love family. That's the reason I'm able to exist now because of my parents, because of the people that sit in my corner listen to me read essays over and over and over, listen to me read PowerPoints and just presentations I have to give and everything over and over again. And when you step into the world of academia, I feel like if you don't have that sounding board to listen to you, correct you, Kayla, you're doing this, you're doing that. If I didn't have that, I would not be where I am today. My family is a huge contributor to where I am today. And so Um, Moving forward into high school, I was in the band from sixth grade to graduation. I played flute, loved it, absolutely loved it. I was a huge band nerd, huge band geek. Um, We, my senior year, we actually formed a bigger band with the other high school in the district. So we were a huge band. We were competing with with some of the biggest bands in the state. That was a really cool experience I had, I got to have. Um, I was first chair my senior year. I was a flute section leader for my senior season. And it was just an all around amazing experience. I got to be around other band geeks. I got to be around people that necessarily didn't fit in with the high school. You know, we don't play football. We don't cheer. We're not in the popular kids club. So I think that's where I kind of fell into that underdog position because I like things that the status quo of my peers did not really enjoy. Um, 
and I always I've always loved to read I've always loved to ask questions that'll come that'll that'll get answered later in the podcast I I just loved people my mom's a social worker my dad's a professional musician so my family is very well-rounded in what we do um they had a DJ service for a while so I always loved music I was raised around music all types of music um I love classical I know that's not very common I love classical music I love Bach I love Beethoven um not just to study to or to listen to when I'm stressed but literally just to listen to I will drive and listen to classical music and that when everyone else is in the car with me I'm listening to a podcast classical music sometimes hip-hop I won't lie um but those are my three go-to's and when I have people in the car with me, they're like, okay, Kayla, what we listen to today, like Beethoven or we listen to a podcast. And I'm like, you got into my car. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of, that's kind of the background of me a little bit. And um, I think going into high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I had a fascination with space. I love talking about things that hurts my brain, if that makes sense. I love talking about things and asking questions that I don't necessarily understand right off the bat. Yes, I know two plus two is four, but what are the essence of numbers? What are infinities? Are some infinities bigger than other infinities? Those types of questions always fascinated me. I love to understand why things work, which is why I'm in an engineering program. But I also wanted to understand why we exist and what is our place in the universe. And so that's why I go into looking for life on other planets. Yeah, it sounds very sci-fi-y, but in hindsight, it can really help us as life on Earth. So that's a little background of coming into high school. Didn't really know what was going on. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was just coasting through high school. I look up, it's my junior year of high school. And I'm like, okay, what's next for Kayla? And my mom, my dad, we just sat down and started to brainstorm. My dad was like, you know, maybe you should look into the military. And I'm like, no, the military, like, I don't want to go into combat. I don't want to do all that. You know, your stereotypical um, thought of when you think of military, you think of that. And so a 16 year old in high school, I'm like, nope, I'm okay. I don't want to do that. But the more I looked into it, the more I researched it, the more I was, I was aware of the fact that you don't have to go into combat when you go into the military. There are a plethora of jobs you can go into. And so my junior year of high school, I started to look into the Air Force. I was interested in their space systems operation job, which mean, would mean I would help space systems operations, which sounded right up my alley. So I'm like, okay, I'll go for it. Took the ASVAB, which is like your MCAT or your GRE or your ACT or SAT before the military. I took that. I scored pretty well. Uh, I qualified for the job that I wanted to go into. So they sent me to MEPS. MEPS is like a place where you go and they check you out physically. They check you out mentally, make sure you're all squared away and then you pledge at that point you you actually take an oath to serve into the United States Armed Forces so I went into MEPS my first time thinking okay this is going to be a breeze I, I'm healthy I'm literally 17 at the time I I'm healthy like I, I didn't really know what else to expect um you go in there and you basically just show who you are as a person your social security number your your weight your your birthday everything about you and they take you through a series of steps of where you go and the health process. So I was all good with my, my body, but my eyes, I have very poor eyesight. My dad has very poor eyesight. I get it from his side of the family. And I didn't know that that would disqualify me at that point. I thought I could get LASIK and it could just be all okay. Um, but I was later found out that my eyesight is just far too 
bad for the military to qualify me as a healthy applicable applicant. So I got disqualified from the military. And to me, that was probably the biggest blow because I hadn't really prepared for anything else. I hadn't prepared for college at that point. And at this point, I was a senior in high school. That whole process takes a while, going through the recruiter, going through all of that stuff. So by the time I really got the final, no, this can you can't do this, I was a senior year in high school, my fall of senior year, which is when you started applying to colleges. And I truthfully hadn't even started the process. I hadn't even looked at colleges. I was full force into the military. And part of me was like, why did I put all my eggs in one basket? Like, shouldn't I have been smarter than that? And, but part of me was like, I am, that's probably the best thing that could have happened to me now looking back on it. And so um, that was, it was just hard for me because I had all my, I had big plans for the military. I was going to go in, serve, maybe make a career out of it, get my schooling paid for, have healthcare for life. Like, it was just, it sounded amazing. Wow. And so that didn't happen. So I looked up and I'm like, okay, I have about five months left of senior year. What's what's going to happen? And my mom was like, you either go to work or you go to school. No other, there's no other choices. Well, and sorry, go ahead. I'm going to tell you when we release this podcast and I'm going to uh, let you continue, there's going to be a recruiter that's going to look at this mm-hmm. and says, man, oh man, I dropped the ball because they should have found a way to accept you mm-hmm. instead of find, looking for ways not to accept you. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you is that, um, Everything that you think about the stereotype of um, a young lady going attending a historically black college or whatever bias that you may have amongst people that do not look like you. When you listen to this young lady, all you can do is say, wow, I am not used to having people um, on my podcast smarter than me. I'm taking a back seat to you right now, Kayla. <laughs> um, and um, I, I can't wait to see what the process was and what the the line of thinking, the conversation you had in order for you to um, attend the mighty Central State University. Yes. Continue. I appreciate that so much. And I I often think about what life would have been like, what would have, what could have. But when I get to certain milestones in my life after that happened, I was like, that could have happened, but that wasn't my plan. And I'll get into that whole thing later. But truthfully, from that point forward, after that big letdown, I was genuinely confused. I was scared. I didn't really want to go to work because I didn't want to work dead end jobs. I I didn't want to work at jobs that didn't fulfill me. I still had this burning passion to pursue space. I had this burning passion to, to fuel my curiosity and my questions and to learn. Um, I think one part of the military that I really liked was the discipline of it, the structure, the rigidity. I like structure. I like having a schedule, wake me up at 4 a.m. And I know what's happening every moment of every day. I know that's not how life works, but I think for me at 16, 17, 18 years old, that's what I needed. My brain was a little scatterbrained. I was a very good kid. I'm a very goody two shoes, if you will. Um, And I like that structure. I like that rigidity of it. And so that was a big reason why I wanted to go to the military as well. College to me, I've always just seen the movies. It's a bunch of drinking. It's a bunch of partying. It's a bunch of people everywhere. That's really not my speed. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions on introverts going into college um, because 
if you're an introverted person, you know that you fuel off of time by yourself, off of quiet, off of you being able to control a space. When you go to college, nine times out of 10, you're going to have a roommate that freshman year. Nine times out of 10, you're going to be pushed into pirate week <laughs> and you're going to have to deal with all the freshman jitters and the candlelight ceremony and everything like that. You're going to be literally thrown into being social. And I, that's getting a little head, but. Wait, well, let me ask you one question because yes. we have something in common. I have a story to tell you. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the candlelight ce ceremony you just brought up. Cause that's not at, at every college. I just want to let you know that. Oh yes. Okay. So when you come into Central State University, you're considered a pirate. You're not a marauder yet. You're not a official student until you cross over the sunken garden, which is in the middle of campus, until you get your candle lit and you literally go through the sunken garden with your candle lit without getting a bone out by all the other Centralians or other marauders, and you make it through, you're finally a marauder. I'm not quite sure how the centralian aspect works. You have to educate me on that. I know that's when you graduate, obviously, but I'm not quite sure the whole, I'm not quite sure if I'm supposed to know the whole process of that yet. But yeah, so when I came in, I, I'm i not used to a lot of people wanting to like be my friend, I guess. So that was really big having to be social right off the bat. I cried after my parents, they were like, okay, parents, you can go. I was like, I'm literally an hour away from home. But I did not have my car freshman year. People are like from the Bahamas. They're hours and hours away from home. And I'm over there crying like a boohoo baby. But I think from that point forward and being thrown into that environment, yes, it scared me to pieces when in the moment. And I was like, I, uh, I don't like all this. But looking back on it, that's probably the best thing that could have happened because I started to learn my surroundings. I started to understand my surroundings. I think if they just said, okay, you start class Monday, like they do at a lot of other schools, I feel like I wouldn't have been as aware of where I am. And so when you said that it feels like a family, I think that week is a huge contributor to that. Because if I didn't have that week, I don't think I would have adapted quite as well. Even though, yes, I may not have the most friends now, I may not be the most popular, but I learned who I, what I was around what the surroundings were, what the foundation was, and that grounded me. As being an introvert, that helps ground you. So, Well, let me tell you, the candlelight ceremony is unique to Central State University. I have been to um, welcoming cer um, ceremonies from my kids going to their private um, colleges, mm -hmm. and it's nothing like Central State. I went through the candlelight uh, ceremony and for those of you that are, are trying to figure out what candlelight ceremony is, it's basically your introduction into the beginning of, of your life. Um, because as a um, undergrad, going to be a, a graduate, going out into the world, um, for Black families, this is some. This is a, a is not normal that mm -hmm. to ha have a college graduate. I'm one of thirteen, and when I tell you, uh, we had a um, uh, Art Thomas gave. Um, the, the the little speech and talked about the candlelight cer ceremony and I walked through the sunken garden the upper class and tried to blow it out and I will tell you when I got to my dorm I had made it with that candle lit and there was one upperclassman waiting in my dorm and he 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 went to attempt to blow it out and I said I've gotten this far and you're gonna blow out my candle I said both lights are gonna go out not only mine but yours too and he let me pass and I I left that candle um in my windowsill that that night because I was going to start and I was going to graduate. I, even though I was an athlete, 
-hmm. I was an introvert too. Mm -hmm. I was a loner. I I didn't trust people. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, yeah, that's big. And um, it, it was tough. I mean, you and I had had conversations prior to prior to this of feeling like, you know, we're something different. Mm -hmm. You know, people treat us different. You know, mm -hmm. we don't get invited to um, some of the social um, gatherings because we're not the cool kids. We're not doing the things that, you know, you, you see um, they make movies about on college campus and whatever, because right. we have for something, there's something inside of individuals such as yourself that, that are born to do something special. You do not sound like the typical college student mm -hmm. at a um, hit one of the 170 historically black colleges. You do not fit the stereotype mm -hmm. of students that look like us. Um, so you're, you're going to hear when you, uh, as you get older and get into the real world, you're going to hear things like you're different. Mm -hmm. um you don't talk like or whatever and you'll hear from your own people mm -hmm. uh, also yeah. but the one thing about central state when you come back and i came back 40 years after i had graduated because i said i wasn't going to return back to central state until i felt like i had made something of myself mm -hmm. and um uh homecoming meant something co coming back and that's how um i i first heard about kayla smith is that at the alumni uh, breakfast, this is when they talk about all the changes that Central State has gone through and what's com coming up. When I was there, I will have to tell you, Central State was a dump. Um, you know, it was an affordable place to get an education. But when I came back um, this past uh, October, I cried twice. I cried once because I had missed it and I felt like I was coming home. The mm -hmm. second time, it was one of the most beautiful college campuses that I've seen. Um, and it's right on the uh, on the line with, you know, a bunch of the other D1 schools. It's not as much acreage, but mm -hmm. it is something special. And um, and you are something special. Let's talk about um, who did you connect with uh, as far as teachers? Because um, the the molding and the development and the conversations that prepare you for the next level, which you are at. Um, there are always one or two um, people in the uh, administration building. It may be a professor. It may be the person that is running the grocery store that's on your campus. And you guys got things that um, would have put me out of business because I have my little side hustle of making chips and bologna and cheese sandwich, ham and cheese sandwich. Now you guys got your own little store on there would have put me out of business. Um, <laughs> who... Right, right now, who who's that person that you reach out to when um, days are long and nights are tough, and um, you get homesick, or you're just kind of in your head? Uh, just one. No, you can talk about this. Is your show? You can talk about okay. anything you want okay. to. If you if you talk about the new sneakers you just bought, let's talk about it. You can talk <laughs> about the pizza shop you you hang <laughs> out. And we can talk. And if you want to talk right. about Herschel Walker, I'm I'm going for that too. Okay. <laughs> um. Professors, I would say Dr. Kendaya, Professor Chakavarti are probably the two main professors as of like the turning point of my like trajectory of at Central State. Like they really molded me. Uh, as far as faculty and staff goes, the Honors College staff, absolutely amazing. And I know the Honors College is new. It wasn't even here when I got here as a freshman. 
And since they've been here, they have done tremendous work. But I'll start with Dr. Kendaya and Professor Chakavarthi. So Dr. Kendaya is the Chair of Environmental Engineering and Water Resources Management currently. And he is the reason that I even got my internships, the reason I even got, he believed in me with, when I didn't believe in me. He saw something in me that I didn't even know existed in me. I was a sophomore. I, no, I, yeah, it was my sophomore year and it was all COVID. And at that point, I don't know how other colleges work, but when you're a freshman, you don't typically go to straight into your major faculty advisor. You gotta go through a, you know, what they call like a freshman advisor. And so at this point, I finished my freshman year, halfway through spring semester, it was COVID. I hadn't really talked to Dr. Kendai at this point. I had like interactions with him here and there, but it wasn't really my time to talk with him yet. Sophomore year came around, he helped me schedule classes because at that point he was my official faculty advisor. Talked to him a little bit then. He was like, I'm really proud of you. Got a 4.0 your freshman year. Good job. Great. And I think after that fall semester, I got another 4.0. And I will never forget it. It was the beginning of January. He emails me. He's like, hi, Kayla. Hope your break's going well. I was wondering if you would be interested in doing an internship with the California Institute of Technology. And I was like, I read it and I'm like, internship? When you're someone that never had an internship or you never even had that experience, your eyes light up. And I had to go Google what Caltech was, Googled it really quick. And I'm like, okay, one of the number one universities in the world. Yeah, okay. Emailed him back. I was like, absolutely, Dr. Kendai. I appreciate this opportunity. Had a whole spiel. Sent my resume, sent my transcripts, all that stuff. It just happened like that. And I was like, okay. So out of all these students, he emails me, a sophomore, wanting to work with one of the best collegiate institutions in the world. Like, he's really taking a risk on me. Um, and we talked about this after the fact. He was like, I was a little nervous putting the sophomore up for that job. But I, I, I kind of pulled it through and I, I wanted to make him proud, make my parents proud, make the make my mentors proud. I thank him for believing in me at that point in time when I didn't even realize I was just doing school. You know, I, I had always done pretty well in school. I, had, I graduated with like a 3.8 in high school. So that's really good as a high schooler. But I never really understand the weight of having good grades in college. And so I started getting good grades in college. And I'm like, this really holds a lot of weight at you know getting internships getting jobs all those things and so at that point I was like I like seeing all A's I'm gonna keep doing that so I just I just kept doing it and it just year after year it's continued to reward me yes my grades but also I think who I am I think he saw something in me without having to interact with me that many times he was like she's a good person and he believed in me and that just for him, I am eternally grateful for seeing Kayla, a sophomore Kayla, who's just at home, you know, waking up at 11 a.m., still in my pajamas, doing school just like everybody else. And he he believed in me. So that's him. And I could talk on him forever. But what he does just for the environmental engineering department as a whole, what he does for the students, just it's, it's absolutely amazing. And Professor Chakravarti, she was my freshman trigonometry professor and um as a freshman I had I had taken trigonometry a little bit in high school so I was pretty fairly decent at it and a lot of other students I think may or may not have had that background and so 
I was told by many people going into college, you're going to go into, the professors are going to be stuffy. The professors aren't going to want to help you. The professors are going to be there just for a check. Like, don't even expect to get much out of a professor. And I'm like, okay, that's great. So I already knew I had to go in there working extra hard. But when I got to Central State and I got to this math class, and math is not a lot of people's favorite subject. I love math. But she was such an amazing professor from day one. She took a step by step, didn't complain when we didn't get anything, didn't throw back in our faces, didn't make us feel bad. She had well-rounded, like thought out lesson plans. Like it was just absolutely amazing. And I was like, why did you all say that professors were like this or like that? And there it it was it was tough like it's tough going to different schools and not seeing what's actually in those schools because I hadn't experienced that before but from freshman year and then sophomore year I didn't have her last year I had her I'm on a five-year track everyone if you're getting confused I'm on a five-year track so that's why it's a little it's a little weird but my don't, third don't year bad. I was on a five-year track I didn't know it yeah <laughs> but, the, but the thing is I personally, I think a five-year track helps you expand more. It helps you accomplish more, in my opinion. Yes, you're still taking classes, but you get a lot more out of it than you're just cramming in four years, in my opinion. But that's not everyone else's opinion. But my third year, I had to take Calc 3 with her. And calculus was always tough for everyone. I had struggled a little bit in Calc 1 and 2. I was pretty nervous with Calc 3. But even then, like, she took everything so slow. I understood everything. I excelled really well in that class. And she just, she's just phenomenal. And she supported me throughout all my internship journeys out of everything. And I actually gave a talk to the mathematics department a few weeks ago. Well, a week before Thanksgiving, actually. And I just talked about my experiences, my internship experiences, my research, and what I want to give to the world, what I, what advice I would give to upcoming freshmen and sophomores and underclassmen and my my peers and even adults. Maybe there are a lot of adults in that call too. So maybe they took away something from it. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I she's just always just really advocated for me. So she's amazing. And then the honors college as a whole, Dr. Poshlag, Dr. Teresa Aikens, just the whole honor co honors college staff has been absolutely amazing. They have helped me with tremendously with everything from the Goldwater to at all the press afterwards to I have recently just been awarded a trustee scholarship today, actually, well, and that was through we're, them. We're we're gonna talk about about that. Okay. I, I I want I want to lead into, and you got a little uh, ahead of me because I I will tell you as I sat there, and um the alumni breakfast and, mm -hmm. and heard your story. The first thing I said, I said, Barry Goldwater is living today and found out where this scholarship went to. He would roll over in his grave. Oh yeah. Um, if people know the history, Barry Goldwater brought in the national guard to prevent a young black child for uh, entering a white school to get her education. Mm -hmm. And not only um, are we a recipient of that uh, award and it's one of the most prestigious uh, scholarships out there. I mean, when I look back at the the fact that there's awards probably you're going to get the Rhodes Scholarship one day, the Truman Scholarship one day, the Gilman's International Scholarship, and um, a bunch more you're, you're probably going to get. And and I would not be surprised if we go back up into space that either you're going to be responsible for sending one up there, or you're going to be responsible for guiding that that plane to and from there. Um, so tell us about the process of how the conversation came up 
for you um, being submitted mm -hmm. or recommended for this award. Tell me about the process. Tell us about the process of you being selected mm -hmm. because uh, I think it was over 5,000 students yep. that from um, 433 different colleges mm -hmm. um, were uh, submitted. You were um, um, amongst the 500 finalists mm -hmm. and then you're number one. Tell us about that whole process and walk it through. Because so there's going to be another child that looks like you and me that's going to come from, you know, I didn't come from a family with a mom and dad in the house. My grandparents raised me. I came from 13 brothers and sisters. I'm the first to get a college education, the only one to get a college education. I've got some dynamic brothers and sisters. But when my father told me the only way I was going to get a college education, I had to run fast and jump high. I did both. Mm -hmm. But I also knew that I did not want to graduate as a dumb jock. So yeah. I will tell you that story one day um, as we get into it. And I'll share a little bit of my life. And I'm going to send you one of my books. Okay. But let's talk about that that process. Walk us through. Okay. I want to correct you on something really quickly. There are 5,000 people applied and 417 actually got awarded. So it, it's it's the odds aren't there. Like they're really, they're, it's really tough. But they do hand out, one thing I do like about the Barry Goldwire scholarships, they do hand out a good amount of scholarships every year. It's still really, really hard to get really prestigious. And I'm not trying to like, play it. I, I, I'm not trying to be like the humble person, but it's just, it's the whole, I'll get into like the, my whole aftermath of it. But if you're looking to apply, those are roughly about your odds. And if you ever have any questions in the audience, please let me know, because I'm always willing to help with that, because I want more people that look like me to win. And so um, winding back a little bit, it was um, November of 2021. And my mentor from Caltech, she emails me. She's like, have you heard of this scholarship before? And I'm like, I know who Barry Goldwater is, but I never heard of the scholarship foundation before. Um, I just, I don't particularly align with his values. So I didn't really like, <laughs> really put that two and two together. Um, and so she let me know. She was like, you'd be a really great fit for this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like how, you know, it's a scholarship, you know, looked into a little bit more and I'm like, it's literally less than 10% chance that I will win this. Um, I sure, I mean, she's recommending me. I mean, she sees something in me, I'll just go for it. And so that's in November. Typically, you get the application opens in September and you have all the way until January to finish it. I got introduced in November. So it was real like, figure it out, Kayla, like get this done. And I had to get three recommendation letters. I had to write an essay of my research. I had to fill out a whole application. I had to basically advocate why I am going to be a great researcher one day, why I'm going to be a great PhD holder one day and that's the whole application you just have to convey yourself convey yourself to this panel of people that don't know anything about your research don't know anything about your grades or anything you have to convey that you are worth their mind their money and time and um I've applied to scholarships before obviously and they're all you know relatively similar maybe write an essay or maybe answer a couple questions or they've never been really this in-depth and my mentor, she said, this is going to be a great opportunity for you to get introduced into grad school applications because this is roughly it. And it's, it was very detailed. It was it was a lot and more than I had ever even thought I could even put myself up for. And so 
I applied, I submitted it, it was all in. And I kind of just like hope for the best. I didn't really stress over it because I'm like, uh, what are the odds? I mean, you know, I had a good application. It was strong. It was really, really, really strong. I'm really proud of the application. I will, I will forever keep that application. Not because just because I won, but because the amount of time and effort I had to go into finding who Kayla was to even apply to the application was a lot. Like I had, there's questions on there I hadn't even thought about before. Um, so that, that I, I just, I'm really proud of the application. And once I, um, I was, I will never forget it. It's kind of sad, but I was at my best friend's granddad's funeral and we were driving to the cemetery and I just checked my phone really quickly just to see, you know, right after the funeral. And I got an email from Goldwater and I'm like, okay, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to get, I'm literally at her, at her granddad's funeral. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. If, if it, whatever it is, open the email and then say, congratulations. And my heart skipped a beat. She was sitting right next to me and I knew this would cheer her up because she had listened to me read that application 50 million times. Literally, I call her at 2 a.m. and I'm like, hey, I need you to listen to this real quick. Like, I need you to, does this sound good? Should I take this out? Should I add that? She was a huge reason as to why I even pushed myself to apply. She she helped me get the momentum. My best friend, we've been best friends ever since she was born. She's a year younger than me. She goes to Tulane, actually. Major name? Health. Rosalind. All right. Yep. You have a last name? Rosalind Rowland. All right. I just want to make sure you, you give her her flowers early. Yes. I, I thought I said her name. Sorry. Rosalind Rowland, best friend ever. She goes to Tulane, majoring in public health with a minor in Africana studies, wants to be a doctor. Brilliant. So um, we're both nerds. <laughs> so um, I read it to her. She I said, congratulations. I was like, Roz, what does that say? And she was like, what does what say? And of course, like we're at the funeral and it was just all these other emotions. But as soon as she started reading that, she started tearing up. And I was like, no way, no way. And she was like, Kayla, you just turned a tough day into something beautiful. And we just cried. It was just all the whole moment that whole, I will never forget that. Um, and it was just, it was amazing. And so I that's when I read the email she was there with me and I called my mom when I got home and because my mom was at work at the time and she started freaking out and it was just this whole thing and so I think from that point forward when I actually won I'm a huge fan of hidden figures have you seen it yes I have that I was I was I was going to talk about that okay yes um, you, you remind me uh Ataji yes uh, you go through and, and you're telling this and when I'm when when I said that you're going to be one day responsible for sending one up someone up into space, you know we don't get a lot of black people, and 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 we have been in in this world, and I'm a firm believer that women are going to save this world. Yeah, we're we're I, gonna, I we're going to unite people, and people like you are going to bring people together. I hope so. That's the goal. That is the uh, ultimate goal. And I think you got a chance to speak to Congressman Joyce Betty when she was at homecoming. Am I right? Did I, I get a name right? Congressman Betty. Joyce Betty. Bet is it Betty? She's a graduate of Central State University. Now I gotta Google it to make sure I get her last name right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, any anyway. So let's let's talk about hidden figures and how, how you how you resemble, how you sound like, how your energy, and how you like the stars and, and how you like 
And, and matter of fact, I just want to let you know that a nerd, most of the nerds are the single biggest employer of the common everyday jock and everyday other person that puts you down and whatever. So mm -hmm. just remember, all you all you people that talk about nerds and whatever, hold out your resume because one day this lady's going to be looking at your resume and hopefully you said hello to her on college campus instead of putting your nose up when you walk by because you didn't think you were good enough. Just remember that. Let's yeah. talk about hidden figures. I appreciate that. And I think when I won that award, I watched that movie seriously one to two times a week. It When I start to feel down, when I start to feel overwhelmed, when I start to feel stressed or scared or unsure of myself, I watch that movie. And it's not because of the movie, because it's like some of the greatest actors in the world are in it. Not because, you know, because that cast is absolutely phenomenal. They couldn't have done a better, they couldn't have a better cast. But it's truly the simple fact that it's so raw and real. And I cry during it. I smile during it. And it's not just that movie that you just you just see it and you're like, okay, that was a good movie. It's one movie that it literally takes you on a roller coaster. And that's what I need sometimes. I need that, I need that that reminder that what I'm feeling now does not last forever because what I do, what I'm feeling now, what I'm doing now is what's gonna change the world in the future. And so um I say all that to say when I won that. When I'm at war and I read the email over and over and over and over again, I was like, is this real? Mm -hmm. But then I just started to say like, okay, so how many Black people win this on a yearly basis? I started to really go through the statistics because yeah, there's only 500 people on average that win every year, if that, but how many of those students are of any people of color in general? Right. And so I started to go through all that and I'm like, this is crazy. And, you know, in Hidden Figures, she was one of, you know, the computer group at that time. But her work, Katherine Johnson's work, Dr. Katherine Johnson's work, literally changed the trajectory of space travel. Yeah, now we have SpaceX and all the fancy technology and the fancy mission control rooms. But, but when she was doing that math by hand, by hand, right? she literally got someone down from space safely, I was like, Kayla, you can defy the odds too. And so that movie just resonates with me so heavy. Um, Dr. Dorothy Vaughn, who's played by Octavia Spencer. Mm -hmm. She's an engineer. And I resonate with her on that aspect because I love the math part. I love the figuring things out, the hard nitty gritty, but her... I recently learned to code in the past couple of years. I didn't know how to code much. I wasn't, I, I had never been exposed to it. I'm pretty okay at Python now. She was, and she learned how to code from a book, not from a YouTube video, not from a lecture, from a book on how to code the IBM systems, which is Fortran, which is one of the hardest coding language you can ever learn. That with me resonated so deeply because that's where I am now, you know, and with um, Janelle Monet, who played, ah, uh, what's the character's name? Mary John, Mary, Mary Johns, Mary, ah, Mary, her name is Mary. All right. Um, yes. She had a degree in physical science and mathematics, just like every other engineer there. But 
she was she she got stuck with the whole classes and like you can't become this you can't become that because you haven't taken these classes but that school is segregated how am I going to take classes there and then she went to court and advocated for herself that advocation that literally speaking to what you know you deserve I've had to step out of my shell and do that a couple of times too so I resonate with all three of them that movie every time I watch it I learn something new I've watched it literally at least 50 times, like no joke since it came out. And it's changed my life every single time. So I say all that to say, black women and women in general are literally changing the face of not only space travel and, and space exploration, but across all fields. I just resonate heavy with space travel because they were asking the questions, they were doing the calculations, they were literally testing the rocket ships that sent historic missions, historic people to space for the very first time. And that's when we were competing with the Russians at that point. That was that was the beginning of space travel and space exploration. That was before the moon landing. So it, it's just, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I just vowed to myself when I saw the movie for the first time, I was like, I'm going to be like them. I'm never going to be exactly like them because they're not going to be ever be exactly like me. We're never going to have replicated lives because I don't believe in that either. I think role models should be a role model and a mentor for just that. Not because you want to be exactly like them, because if you're exactly like them, how are you going to add something different to the world? And so I said, I want to take that from her, that from her, that from her. But everything else is gonna be Kayla. We're gonna we're gonna make up a big concoction. We're gonna make up a big pile of soup, and we're gonna do it. And so I call I like to call myself a mutt in that point because I'm a mixture of, of many different things. I'm not just one thing or one multi. I'm not I'm not one faceted. I'm trying to be multifaceted. And um, that movie just told me all of that. They're they're all very multifaceted people, and it's just absolutely fascinating that that was happening at that time. Um, so yeah, that's what that movie means to me. I can talk about it all day. That's how I resonate with it. But I think, again, just Black women asking questions and doing calculations and literally controlling the white man in a way that had never been controlled before was absolutely phenomenal. So I I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, so you're a reader. And I'm like I said, this, this conversation and experience... Um, and this experiment um, that that we're doing here with young podcasters, um, like I said, we're not scripting it. It's just a mm -hmm. conversation that needs to be had, a story that needs to be told. Have you read uh, April Ryan's book, Black Women Will Save the World? No, I have not. I've heard of it. I heard it's really good. It is really good. It is really good. Um, it should be read by all women, mm -hmm. not just Black women, all mm -hmm. women. And that's mm -hmm. the reason why I've said this long before I even saw the read the book is that um, women are going to make the difference. Um, you know, there's no successful man without a woman right. giving him direction or whatever. And that's the reason why. And I, I'm going to talk to you about another podcast that I started and we abandoned it. It's uh, One Queen, Two Kings. Mm -hmm. um, it's men standing um, with, not on, powerful, influential uh, women, both young and old, promoting, protecting, inspiring encouraging and allowing a woman to have her own space mm -hmm. and not looking for credit, but mm -hmm. just being there mm -hmm. and understanding and letting her own the stage. So, um, you know, I may resurrect that podcast and give it to you. We just okay. got to find another King that feels the same way that, um, we do. Mm -hmm. Um, Kayla, um, I know we, we are going to 
talk about a lot of things. And it's probably going to be on a much higher level than some of the conversations that um, are had on college campus mm -hmm. with some of the younger people. Because like I said, the world's uh, not ready for you. I'm hoping this podcast gets the world ready for you. I hope your your, your future employers or your business partners are ready for you. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I even got into podcasting is because we're allowed to have these conversations. And when I started this podcast, less than 1% of the um, 780 something uh, thousand podcasters that were registered were black. Now that um, there are over 2 million registered podcasters uh, out there, there's still less than 1% uh, percent of registered podcasters out there. And the key thing with this business is being con consistent with the content. content. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure we're, we're going to give a lot of content and especially a lot of experience um, and insight to what college life is like on campus. Right. There's a lot of kids that are going to enter the college experience and because of fear and not knowing that if they get past the first semester of first quarter, that they can survive the next three, four, five, five years. Right. And a lot of people bail out. You know, when my son and his graduation at $65,000 a year mm -hmm. was told that 75% of the people that graduated today in his class, if they had worked three years within the working community and entered an entry-level management position where they would ended up in the same um, job as they did, they would have graduated from college. But is that 25% that make every single university what it is? Penn yeah. State, Central State, yeah. Ohio State, um, Texas, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. North Carolina, A&T. Um, you, you're joining a group of young podcasters on RMK Productions that are hailing from St. Joe's University um, James Madison University, um, North Carolina A&T, and I'm hoping it grows and we inspire and bring other people on in order to have this experience. Um, right now, um, there's a young girl that is looking at this for the first time, and this is the very first episode of the Kayla Smith story, mm -hmm. and she's saying, um, I want to go to college and her parents are not in a position to um, provide for her to have access to college. What would you say to that young lady right now, Kayla Smith? Work hard in high school. Understand that your place in the world does not is not defined by a dollar sign. It's not defined by any number. I will say any number. Your weight doesn't define you. Your GPA doesn't define you. Your The amount of money that you make every year does not define you. But I will say this, if your parents don't have the means and you realize that at sophomore year in high school, just keep working hard because I promise you a college recruiter will see that and they wanna give you a chance. I think that young women that are in this position have every mean to be scared, to be nervous, to be unsure about the future. Every every walk of life, if you're in this in this situation, you're gonna be nervous. But a little girl that's that's nervous about what her next step is, I was too. Yes, I was blessed with parents that were able to afford to to push me off in that first semester and give me give me that leap. But I have made it a fact to. They don't have to pay another semester after that first one. 
because I know they want to live life. Yes, they have a daughter. Yes, they they've had three. Yes, they've you know they chose you know I'm their kid, but I knew I was like. I want to make life easier for them too. They've done all this for me. I want to keep working hard to make it easier for them. So what I will say is keep working hard. Don't do it for your parents. Do it for you, but understand your situation. Don't back down from your situation and keep pushing forward. Because I think once you understand your situation, you don't try to overlook too deep into it. You don't try to like question it too much because you know what it is on the surface. You understand what it is. And the, and the answer is simple. You just have to want the the will and the means to keep doing it. And I would say volunteer, do as much as you can in high school without overwhelming yourself. Make yourself more well-rounded. That would help you. And like, if you go to college or not, that would make you more well-rounded regardless. Um, just keep doing well. Just keep pushing yourself into uncomfortable situations and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone because that's what college is. That's what the workforce is. Um, and so- yeah, that's pretty much what I would say, but that is a tough situation, and it's it's hard because you don't have all the answers when you want to have the answers, but it's also to the point where if you understand the depth of your situation and you know how to turn it around for yourself, make it happen. Amen. You know something? I knew you were special when I asked you to provide me with your social media links, and the only thing you sent me was LinkedIn. You know, so if you want to reach Kayla, Kayla, how do they pe people reach you? So uh, my LinkedIn is Kayla Smith. That's a very, that's a very common name. Um, you'll see my face on LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time. And it's actually funny. I recently made it this year, um, partially because of the trajectory my life took this year, but partially because it was time. Um, I think social media is just a very different thing for me. And yeah, I've, I've been on Instagram, I've been on Snapchat, I've been on all the social media platforms that everyone else has been on. But LinkedIn has solidified so many connections, like true connections with people that I would have never met otherwise. In a safe, somewhat safe, you know, all social media platforms aren't the safest, but in a controlled environment where you know what you're getting when you see that person. And my profile is me. Yes, I have all my accolades, my schooling, all my job previous experiences but it's also just Kayla because if you ask me like what do I do or like what do I like I'm probably gonna tell you something on my LinkedIn because I mean that's kind of what I'm into right now and so um yeah I mean I, I just think it's it's just a great platform so it's Kayla Smith you'll see me I'm wearing a maroon blazer I'm crossing my arms smiling so you won't miss me um, and just don't be afraid to message me. And I would love to talk with everyone and hear your opinions on just life in general and um, how to navigate life because I'm still learning. So I would love to hear people's responses because I'm only 21. I only know so much, um, but I feel like we never really stop learning. So. All right. Now, Kayla, I'm going to ask you one more question before we exit. And um, we're going to come back to you just before the Christmas holidays. Um, do you journal? I do. All right. Because I, I'm going to tell you, I'm I want to be in, in first in line to um, have your uh, first book because <laughs> I I know it's coming. Um, my book, Indispensable Games of X's and O's: How I Learned Everything About Life. I learned playing high school football. Mm -hmm. It came from my high school journal, mm -hmm. um, and it made it easy because I had the notes, every positive, every negative experience, mm -hmm. every time I was down and out and whatever. It became therapy for me because you know mm -hmm. black people don't go to therapy. 
you know, we go to cousin Ed or Aunt Lisa or whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. And, uh, it's cheaper that way. And we, yeah. normally, and we normally get the real truth. Go out and fix it. Mm -hmm. um, you take control of your life. I will tell you, the world is not ready for you. And to all the people that follow RMK Productions and Network, um, I'll ask you to subscribe. For all you undergrad and graduate students or people that are planning to look at a college, look at the real world of college life um, that we're sharing with you. Kayla is on the next level. She is our first upperclassman that we have on there. And um, we're, we're probably going to learn a lot. Um, I'm going to talk a lot less and listen a lot more. And uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We could talk about movies. We can talk about um, business. We can talk about mentors. We can talk about books. We can talk about current affairs or whatever case may be. Mm -hmm. Or we may just talk about, you know, life in general and, and dreams. But we are going to talk about it. So I appreciate my fans. Um, I appreciate Kayla Smith. Um, scholar, academic, um, fine example of a human being, not just as a Black woman, but as a human being, you are going to make an imprint in this world, and you're going to raise the ladder for everyone and provide opportunities to climb. You got big shoes um, that someone else is going to have to, have to fill. You're going to provide a lot of opportunities um, in the very near future. Um, I always said that. Um, if you want them to pay you more, you know, be a 4.0 student and give them a reason why they have to pay you more. Mm -hmm. um, if you want them to give you more and provide more, don't ask for a handout. Yeah. Show, show them what you can do with your hands and that right. mind. Right. Um, and those numbers. We're going to see your movie one day. So if you like what you heard, subscribe, follow. Um, again, I, I will be the first to tell you, I'm not looking for... 100,000 people to follow and subscribe us. I'm looking for genuine people. I surround myself uh, with people that learn how to get shit done. They have a higher call to action. The yeah. people that follow RMK Productions and people that will follow Kayla are not people that will drive by an accident. They will stop and help. So if you're one of those people, please subscribe. If you're someone that's bringing negative and drama and dividing on the world, just listen to the podcast and learn because Education is not designed to make you comfortable. It's designed to make you think. So with that said, my grandfather said, when you get to a point that you can help someone else, it is your duty to do so. Reach one, teach one, and we'll fade to black. Until next time with Kayla Smith, um, the real world of college life going on the next level. Thank you and good night.